Before you use AI to transform your agency, you need to begin with trust. Introducing Watson X Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com federal. IBM. Let's create. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Scored a touchdown earlier on a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. Fifty-three and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Wilcox with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel two. Welcome in. We are live on Brinks TV. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. Joining me, as you just saw in the video clip, catching the touchdown, he is now on your screen to my right. It is Israel Troop. What's up, Israel? Man, what's going on, man? That is that is awesome. That's good to see. You know, playing for the national title, you know, winning our game last year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the one, t- t- the one touchdown that brought us back against Auburn. You know, uh, I think it was 2010, man. That, that's awesome. But, uh, great job by, by the staff and you, Corey, because, you know, I'm not computer literate. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> you know, I'm just a football coach. But great job by our staff and you guys put that together, man. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate it. I get the luxury of teaching AV production, so I mess around with uh, all this video editing stuff anyway. So it was uh, it was fun for me to try to put together. So, um, But I – I want to introduce, we have a very special guest, uh, a teammate of yours, uh, mm-hmm. number 68 in your hearts, probably number 68 in your in your minds too, and on the wrist roster and on the field. He is the host of the Upon Further Review podcast. It is Chris Burnett. Chris, what's up, man? Corey, Israel, what's up? What's up? Thank y'all so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I've been, I've checked out a few of y'all's episodes, so you know, I'm happy to be on. I feel like I'm on PTI right now. This is official. <laughs> this is official. Yes. So, yes. Uh, thank y'all for having me. Absolutely hey, glad to have I'm you. Miss, the only thing I'm missing is a black and mild like my man, Uncle Shay Shay. You you welcome to Shay Shay's corner right now. Yeah. Except right. I'm not. I'm not Skip. So we're 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 good, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm way better than Skip Bayless. So. We have that at least, right? I'm not going to make any outrageous claims and, you know, say uh, La Prince James and all that stuff. So, right, yeah. We're, we're, no no, we're no good. ridiculous hot takes and no hating no. on. No uh, hot LeBron. takes here. Yeah, only only good. lukewarm takes from me. So, we're yeah, good. Don't say nothing about LeBron. Chris is a big LeBron fan now. <laughs> I can't do it. What do you think hey, you about MJ? What? I'm I'm actually not a LeBron fan, but I do I, I do respect and appreciate LeBron. <laughs> I do. I do I'm not I'm not a LeBron hater. He's in my top three all time, but I, I'm not a I fan. Got you. Yeah. Is MJ the goat? No question. 
Okay, good. No question. I, I, I was going to have to. I was going to check you a little bit if you didn't say that. No. Um, <laughs> I, respect it. I respect. Chris, are you a Hawks fan? You know what? I have become one. Um, I, I grew up a Lakers fan. Um, you know, I really got into NBA basketball in the early 2000s, late 90s. So right after MJ retired, mm-hmm. um, and I love Shaq. Shaq's my favorite player of all time. And so I was a Lakers fan from pretty much 2000 to about 2016, uh, mm-hmm. 2017. And, you know, I think after living in Atlanta at that point for about four or five years, I felt like, I was like let me adopt the home team. So there you go. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Hawks fan. Um, you know, just uh, just went up one zero in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, I, I'm I'm excited. But did you know that we're presented by BetOnline.ag? The month of June is heating up, guys. The Hawks are heating up. Uh, the Western Conference Finals is heating up. There's tons of exciting sports action. BetOnline is where you can find it. From baseball, from basketball to hockey playoffs and baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures. You can bet it on literally just about anything. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So, Chris, head to the website today, use your mobile device, join, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. There's some interesting things over there. They have an online casino, Chris. I don't know if you're all about that or or uh, or know anything about that, but it's uh it's a lot of fun to go over there and just throw dollar bets on the on the blackjack table. That's what I, do no, I didn't know that. I didn't know anything like that existed. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> bet online, bet online exists. Uh, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a myth too. And then I, I visited betonline.ag, and it's, it's actually pretty fun. I've, I'm about broken even. I guess I've won a few, lost a few, and nothing really catastrophic. So uh, I know Israel, you're probably about the same. Hey, I just bet on football. I hadn't really gotten toward the uh, the game and stuff on there yet, but I might. I might over this day beer we have. You know, I might. I might have to uh, get into it a little bit because I keep mm-hmm. hearing you talk about it. So I might have to get yeah. into it a little bit. There, there you go. You two are going to have a beard off too, by the way. I, I want to see who has the biggest beard by December. He, he's, Chris he's got or Israel. Beat. <laughs> he's got me beat all day. It just <laughs> looks good because because I'm on my back porch, you know, and it's. It's a little got bit sh- dark. Um, got the shadows. Here, so it it, look, it right. looks like I'm I'm full I'm fully bearded out, but I'm talking. About, I look like Pat Adams over here. My man got me beat. Yeah, go. yeah. Hey. You get the, you get the right lighting, man. It'll look real good. <laughs> hey, look, I love it. It look good against. It looks good with this black shirt on underneath. Now, y'all better watch out for me. That's right. <laughs> and I, I, I guarantee, if I grew a beard, I would look like an Irish rugby player. Oh, so, hey, nothing wrong with that. It, it comes yeah. in like a deep red for some reason. And I'm not even okay, a redhead. Okay. I just got a little bit. Of, I got a little bit of red in there, and it comes out red. It's pretty. Uh, like I said, there's a Halloween one year I went uh, as a Irish rugby player, and uh, I, I thought you were gonna say leprechaun. <laughs> I'm tall enough to be right. Um, so <laughs> leprechaun. No, I didn't go to Notre Dame, so we're good. Hey. <laughs> Well, uh, as you can see from our sidebar, we got a we got a great show uh, for you guys. There's a there's a lot going on in college football, uh, guys. Georgia's loaded, uh, so it's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. But the the main thing I wanted to talk about, the main topic before we dive into positional breakdowns and really just kind of 
story time with uh, with our with our man Chris Burnett. I uh, wanted to talk about this Supreme Court ruling that came down. I think it was late last week. Uh, they, uh, I'm reading UGASports.com. Uh, it was the National Collegiate Athletic Association versus Austin. They unanimously, in a 9-0 decision, the highest court in the land ruled that college athletes cannot be prohibited from receiving benefits relating to their education. So, um, although you know they didn't officially wade in the waters of as to whether colleges have a legal obligation to compensate athletes as employees, it did level its hammer on organization on an organization that has had long advocated against pay for play concepts. So I think what that says is there's some loopholes. So like a, a program like Arizona state can maybe weasel their way out of some of the trouble that they found themselves in. Have you guys read much on this story? What, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I haven't read up. I haven't read up on it to that extent. Uh, my first take was as long as, I look at it as a player like this, you know, um, our kids going to get in trouble now, you know, is how, how I took it, you know, and yeah. as long as kids aren't getting in trouble, you know, cause, uh, Chris, you remember this when AJ, you know, his own Jersey. Yeah. He, he signed it and sold it. That's all I'm worried about. Can a kid as that Jersey in his possession? It's not like he went and sold the Jersey or anything like that. It's mine. It's my possession. If I get it signed and I sell it for however, however much money, am I going to get in trouble? If I'm not gonna get in trouble, I'm good with it. You know, that's all. That's all I'm worried. As long as that rule doesn't affect that, I'm I'm okay with it. Because I don't yeah, think I'm, kids should be. I don't think kids should be suspended for that. I really don't. It's there. It's theirs. It's just gonna sit in a box anywhere, or get framed. So I mean, why not give it to somebody's kid might want it? You know what I mean? That's right. I, I'm with you, Israel. Man, I feel like I'm. I'm not necessarily someone who's advocating for college athletics to turn into a semi-pro league. Um, mm-hmm. But I do believe that any athlete, uh, really any person, because, you know, it's a American right, that if you have uh, something that has a demand tied to it and you have supply that you can provide, you should be able to benefit off of that uh, without any restrictions or caps. And I think that's what I liked about this ruling is that it didn't, you know, mandate you have to pay these players X amount of dollars to compensate for their effort or their work. Instead it said, no, you got to stop putting the cap on it because, you know, I, I was, um, I had an internship, a paid internship, actually my junior and senior year at UGA. Um, I was a part of the national college players association. It was an unofficial players association for uh, NCAA. <laughs> now um, that might be remote. official. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was ran by Ramogi, uh, Huma. He, he graduated from UCLA, played linebacker, incredible man. And he had some great ideas to kind of advocate for more of player, um, you know, just autonomy. And I remember I made $400 a month. And I think it was capped at that because I couldn't go over a certain amount of compensation per year uh, without becoming being declared ineligible. Um, and if if I were to rewind the clock and was actually doing that internship now with this ruling, I could have made, you know, money worth what the amount of time I was putting into it. Yeah, market um, so value. Exactly. Yeah, whatever market value was. And I think that can just go a long way um, to be able to say, hey, I can get compensated the way I know, like a normal person might for the money mm-hmm. you put in. So. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all about mark. 
it's all about market value, capitalism, things like that. I mean, just getting, you know, when if college football is a billion dollar business, right? Players should be compensated and compensated fairly and not have to suffer any consequences. And, you know, I think it's a great thing that they ruled this way because I think it opens the door. Now we got to be careful to make sure it doesn't get too out of hand because it definitely could because in college football, you have haves and have nots have not programs like the NFL. It's all equal, right? They have salary caps. They have things in place, protocols in place to ensure that it doesn't get out of hand one way or the other. And I think college football needs to find something similar to where it's not Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio state, USC running the whole thing. And, you know, you, you give programs that don't quite have as much a a chance to also equally pay players. But I think when you have the amount of athletes, it'll all equal out somewhere down the line. But I think there does need to be some sort of regulations that put in place to kind of organize it because it could get really out of hand really quickly. And that's one of the pitfalls that I see. And the Supreme Court decision, I think, goes hand in hand with the name image likeness rules and things like that. So there was a story that I saw uh, that a, that uh, a former coworker of mine, when I worked at Rivals, Mike Farrell wrote about the the pitfalls of the NIL, you know, some, some of the things, some of the side effects that might happen, uh, some things that that I saw that I noticed that these are legitimate concerns if they don't get some things in order. So one of the things was like lawsuits, right? Uh, lawsuits, transfer portal increases, players possibly sitting out as like a, hey, I, you know, I've I played two years. I'm not going to risk it. I've made enough money. You know, we got to watch out for and manage agents in college football, player coach disputes, locker room disruption, conflicts of interest, things like that. I'm going to go to the locker room thing. Um, let's say, you know, let's say, that you, know, you have a quarterback that that gets a ton of money, right? He gets a, a sponsorship deal from Mercedes-Benz. How is that going to play, Chris, in the locker room when, like, let's say you, you're an offensive lineman and you're getting, uh, let's say you're getting Zaxby's. No, uh, let's say, no, no, no. Uh, what's the, What's the burrito place? Barberitos. Yeah, Barberitos. There you go. I, I drew yeah. a blank. So so let's say <laughs> let's say you get like a small deal, like I don't know, five hundred a month from Barberitos, and your boy Joe Cox gets a deal from Mercedes Benz that pays him five grand a month. Like, is do you think that would cause a lot of disruption in the locker room? Like, hey, why is Joe getting this and I'm only getting this? And you know, what do you think would happen there? I don't think it would cause a disruption at all. Honestly, this is just my opinion. Uh, and honestly, I, I appreciate that, Corey. You gave me probably more clout than I deserve. Barbarito is solid. It is, it is I would great. probably have like Bud Hut or something. That probably be my sponsorship. <laughs> but I, I feel like it wouldn't cause any issue because going into it, I think everyone already kind of had – not necessarily a monetary uh, value assessed to them or assigned to them that they were receiving. And it was specific, like a, a, a Benz deal or a Lexus deal or something like that. But everybody knew like, you know, that Aaron Murray or AJ Green or Ty Gurley were just higher value players than uh, a Chris Burnett. So, and, and I think that everyone was okay with that. That's just kind of comes with the territory. And if yeah. you want to have more 
um, I think exposure per se, then just be better. Um, but that's just, that's just my opinion. Um, okay, and I didn't feel like there was much jealousy, um, at least not that I can't kind of came in contact with when I was playing. It was more so like, man, we're on a team together. We're grinding together. We're, you know, blood, sweat and tears with one another and creating bonds. And there would always be, you know, some of those other, you know, conflicts that you have, but, I don't think it would be anything outside of what already exists. If I'm nope. being honest. what about within your position group? So like Israel, let's say you're sitting in that wide receiver room, obviously AJ's the the premier guy, right? And he's getting, mm-hmm. let's say he gets the big deal. And then, you know, you get, what, what'd you say, Chris Butthut? <laughs> let's say you get yeah. Butthut, right? <laughs> and, and, and TK gets like, and gets Zaxby's, you know? And mm-hmm. you get classic city, you know, is, is there competition within the wide receiver room to see who can get the, the biggest or the most deals? Like, how do you think that, how do you think that's going to shake out? Like within Man. each position group, you know, and what's crazy, like Chris said, when we all played, we were all together. You know, I lived in the house with Brandon Boykin and Sanders coming, you know, so obviously those guys in this day and age would get more, you know, than I got, you know, and we, we, and we knew that. You know, but we were so close as a group that that, that stuff didn't bother us. At the end of the day, if Chris if Chris got Mercedes Benz, Chris was gonna have a party at his house, and we and we was all gonna get together. You know, and that's just how yeah. we were. You know, in the day, right. this, this day and age with social media, that's what's gonna that's what's gonna make it bad. You know, because they're gonna do all this stuff with commercials or you know uh, sponsors yeah. and all this stuff, and social media is gonna blow it out the water for them. But when we played, you know, we didn't have all that stuff. You know, it was just starting to come about. But, I mean, we, yeah. were, we were so close, you know, that stuff like that wouldn't have, wouldn't have even bothered us because it, it, it really and honestly would have been a joke in the locker room. It would have been like, man, you know you're getting all this money, man. Why are you worried about this? You know, things like that. We just laugh it off. It was, exactly. never, a point of, I, it was never a point of where I was jealous of another person, things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, what about the transfer portal? Like, do you see, do you guys see or foresee an increase in the transfer portal even more so than now with guys just leaving to, to try to, you know, leaving places to try to go to other cities and, and, and get deals? I think so. Honestly, I, I'm, I don't know how much of an increase there could be, but I'm one of the guys who kind of hates that the transfer portal is as prevalent as it is now. Mm-hmm. Not because yeah. I don't believe that players should have the autonomy to be in the right situation. Like if coaches can leave their circumstance and go somewhere else, or mm-hmm. if a traditional student can leave their circumstance and go somewhere else, then what difference should that be for a student athlete? But I guess from just an, uh, a teammate perspective, it bothers me a little bit because I'm like, man, those bonds, you know, those relationships, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. grinding it out like there's value yeah. in that from a character standpoint. And I don't I don't know how much, you know, potential money could play a role in, in guys doing that more. Um, but mm-hmm. I just see it so much more prevalent than it was when we were playing. And it wasn't that long ago, you know, which is yeah, kind of the crazy, crazy part. Thing. I was just telling my kids today, I said, I didn't even know there was a transfer portal. I had no clue until recently that there was even a transfer portal. You know, if I'd have transferred from Georgia, Chris would have never gave me my first cut in the dorms, you know, and that's just the bond that we had, you know. And then, you know, you think about this. In my opinion, like Chris said, I think that that you will see a little bit more, but you're not going to see very much for instance, take Valdosta State down here in Valdosta. They're a really, really good football team. 
if those kids can do what they're supposed to do, there's a lot of money in Van Austin. Those kids aren't going to transfer, you know? So if you do what you're supposed to do and, you know, keep your nose clean and things like that, you're going to reap the benefits from that. I think, in my opinion, off of player likeness and all that stuff, I think you're going to get a lot of guys that aren't going to get in these little troubles anymore. You know, you aren't going to see their names in the paper. You're not going to see them, you know, getting in trouble at bars and all that good stuff. Because why? You understand there's little kids and and things watching you now. So Mm -hmm. the first thing they want is, hey, I want a Chris Burnett jersey. Well, if Chris Burnett got arrested, you know, this year during the summer, parents are going to be less likely to buy that jersey. They're they're still going to support him, but there's going to be a less chance of them buying that jersey a little bit more. You know, so now now that they're getting paid and... Here's the thing now. The first thing that they're going to say is, oh, they're getting paid now. I'm not buying that jersey. That's the first yeah. thing they're going to say when you get in trouble. So I think you're going to you think going to see a lot of guys not get in trouble so much anymore, kind of sit still, because you got to think, even though you got a smaller school, if you ball out, they're going to find you. They're yeah, going to find you. You're going to reap the benefits from it, too. Because if you go from a smaller school to a bigger school or, or you swapping schools, these people don't know who you are. And it's yeah. going to take them a while. They might have heard of you when you was this little five-star and you was in high school. And we ain't in high school no more, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we in the big leagues. And you got to perform. If you perform, you get paid. And, or and if you I'm, just meet I'm, people, you get paid. <laughs> absolutely. And I know I know we're not officially reading their ad this week, but if I'm Moink Box, I'm, I'm going to find, because they have the best bacon on the market, I'm going to find the top okay. offensive lineman, and I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm supporting him. So, That's right. Uh, you know, I, I think that with the transfer portal thing, uh, it's it just, you know, I, I just don't think guys are as close now that, than they were even back when you guys were playing. You know, I, I think people are just social media has ruined that now. Social media, everybody's about their brand, things like that. But mm-hmm. I do think you hit the nail on the head about guys acting better and acting right and getting more in line because once you hit that wallet, that 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 hits mm-hmm. hard. So That's the right. scooter mafia in Athens is going to, you know, they're going to take a, they're going to take a, uh, take it down a couple notches, right? You can't be getting up. They're going to have to wear shirts and you can't get busted emerging from an alley. So, um, which is the dumbest arrest I've ever seen in my entire life emerging oh, from God. an alley. Um, I, I, I read that and laughed out loud and going, really? Come on, Athens, you're better than that. But, uh, so yeah, I, I think, you know, the transfer portal is going to increase anyway because, that's a way to get your 15 minutes of fame is enter the transfer portal, make your graphic on social media and say, respect my decision. I'm playing. So oh, do you guys see yeah. any other pitfalls? Like, like here's one I see. Okay. Um, and I'll just ask the question, just answered it myself, but you know, Chris, what, you know, George is a Nike school, right? What if Adidas right. comes to you and says, Chris, we'd like to strike a deal. Um, how do you think that's going to play out? In college, do you think it plays out a lot like it does in the NFL, where if you're wearing official Georgia apparel, it's got to be Nike, but you can wear the peripherals that are Adidas? It could. I feel like, like you said, there's a there's a formula for it, and it's already been done. And I feel like if guys were to make that type of decision, they could, you know, like you said, have the peripherals be whatever you know sponsor or branding that they have. I feel like they would have probably similar to the NFL. They have just some certain restrictions that they have in place. Mm -hmm. Like they used to say, you know, you can't have a certain color shoe or you can't have Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. You can't have your socks a certain way. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
college football will just implement more of those that are specific to that type of branding and they can make it work mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If they, if they really put the thought into it, um, I, I truly believe that they could. Most definitely. I think at the same time, like you said, if since George and I can school and I sign with the data, I think they'll have it in there to where as long as you're doing anything affiliated with your team, it's all Nike. Outside of anything with team, you can be, you can wear whatever you want to. Right. You know, you can you can wear Adidas all day, you know, but mm-hmm. as long as you're in that locker room, you're on the field, you're Nike all day. So I yeah. think I think I think there's an easy fix for that without it being a big disruption or anything like that. Just don't wear Adidas on the field. Georgia yeah. Nike's cool. Wear Nike on the field outside of the school. You can wear what about shoes? What about shoes? Same, like you're, you're an Adidas same, guy. Yeah. Do you same wear Adidas thing. shoes? Yeah, you got oh, when you're when you're in that locker room, you're on the field, Nike. Outside of that, Adidas. I'm not an Adidas shoe guy. Although Adidas, I mean, I ain't gonna be mad if you hook your ball up. Just saying. Yeah. But, you're you're a you're but, a Nike guy, I think, Israel. But I'm, I'm I'm a Nike guy, but I hey, Adidas. Hit us up. I ain't gonna be yeah. upset. Yeah, no, but, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll rock the three stripes. We're good. <laughs> but exactly, but it's out, outside of, outside of the field house, outside, he can wear Adidas all day. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you yeah, see any other potential? Do you see any other potential pitfalls with the NIL? Do you see anything that's concerning? Like we'll pump the brakes. We got to figure some some of these things out. You know, I think the biggest one for me is just the potential pitfall of, like you said, it becoming like a, a semi-pro league, and you lose some of that uh, kind of loyalty that comes along with these schools and the programs mm. and the tradition and all that kind of stuff where guys are becoming more and more individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think the the pros outweigh the cons. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think that the part of the beauty of what makes college football, college football is, um, you know, I, I probably have a bigger problem with the potential of them expanding um, the college football playoff than I do any other rule that, that could change. And not because I don't love more football, but because I'm of the ilk that, man, you're adding more and more games and you're finding ways for those players to be compensated. But I know that the NCAA used to make a point to keep sports in one semester in order to allow the student part of the student athlete title to still be prevalent for those students in that other semester. And if you have a specific, you know, class or specific major that you're trying to accomplish, it's going to get more and more difficult to, um, you know, implement those types of classes that you may need uh, if your sport bleeds into multiple semesters. Because, you know, I was a finance major and there were certain finance classes that I could not take during the season because they took place, uh, the class took place during practice. Um, and I would just take them in the spring and it was a lot easier. So I, I feel like that could just become probably the biggest problem outside of, you know, the whole NIL ruling is if they expand the playoffs and it just becomes more and more games because they're saying, Hey, y'all are getting paid anyway. So we can, you know, we can make it a, a 15 game season, 16 game season. And mm-hmm. and kind of use that as the crutch is like, you're getting paid now. So, we need to expand this. And I think it just hurts the student part of the student athlete type. Okay. Well, let's, let's pivot to that then. I know it's not on our rundown, but let's, let's go ahead and pivot to the, the playoff expansion. I, I've, I've always been in favor of it because, you know, I, I think that you, 
you know, you give more teams a shot, and I think it helps recruiting overall. And I, I think the FCS and Division Two and Division Three have shown us how to navigate around the academic calendar and get a. I mean, FCS does a sixteen-team playoff. They play all their games before Christmas, and then they play the semifinal and final after Christmas. Which, I mean, you have this whole month-long bowl break. I mean, you could you could sneak in, you could sneak in a couple of games there, and then play the championship like they normally do. You know, after mm-hmm. right after New Year's or right around New Year's, right before you go back. So I, I think that the calendar they can shift it around and work. Like you could, like you have conference championships, and then if you don't get a first round by, you play the next week. And then you're either done or you move on, and then mm-hmm. you play, and then you take a, a little bit longer of a break, and then you play the national championship or the national semifinal like they do now, where they play the semifinal game, and then a week later they play the national championship. So. I think I think with the calendar it could work. Like you could you could still have your finance class in the spring. I don't think you would miss anything. Um That's a good because point, I, I think it I think it'd be done before before it it even got got finished and, and on the road. So for for that reason, I think you the NCAA has already kind of figured that out. Now they just got extrapolated over to the FBS. Um mm-hmm. what I love about it is the the playoff expansion. There there's there's more details that I read about that they're going to take the six highest ranked conference champions, right? And it doesn't, and just because you win your conference doesn't give you an automatic bid. Like you have to like, and this puts import, I think this puts importance on the regular season. So like, not only do you have to win your conference, but like if you're a four loss conference champion, then you're not ranked. You're, you're not guaranteed yeah. to get in. Like it, it, you probably won't because there'll be other teams that are playing better uh, that do get in, so they're going to take the six highest ranked conference champions. So that would have, so it, under that format, obviously you would have Clemson, you would have Alabama, you would have Oklahoma, and you would probably would have had Cincinnati as your top four conference champions. Those four teams would have gotten buys, right? No, Ohio State, not Ohio State, Ohio State and Oklahoma. Those four teams would have gotten buys. Uh, Cincinnati would have definitely got in. A&M would have got in. A&M would have probably been the five seed. Uh, Oklahoma would have been the probably the six seed. And then on down the list, uh, you would have probably had Coastal and and uh, Cincinnati in the, in the playoff. And I think Florida would have made it, which would have been interesting. And I think, I think Iowa State had a chance of making it. Northwestern had a chance of making it. Uh, they were in the mix. Uh, Notre Dame would have definitely been in there. I don't know if they would have done any better, but they would have been in there for sure. Um, and and maybe Georgia would have had a shot. I think Georgia would have had a shot in, of, of being in there last year. And they were playing as they were about as red hot as anybody. So to me, you know, I I think you get in, you win, right? It doesn't matter. And and one of the questions I'm gonna pose to you guys, and and I'm I'm pretty sure I can predict the answer here, but. Let's say you have, let's say you have a, a one-loss team, and then you have an undefeated team in in the SEC championship, right? Let's say you're ranked two and three in the in the country, all right? And, and there's one loss separating you two. The one-loss team beats the undefeated team. Does the undefeated team deserve a buy? No. Chris, if the, if you're the, one, if the one-loss team beats you yeah. after you yeah. lose, no. Yeah, the, the uh, winner, yeah. the winner, the winner wins. Yeah, exactly. You, you win your conference. That's that's the incentive. Uh, yeah, that, I had somebody tell me that they would still, <laughs> like, 
they use Bama and Georgia as the example. Like, let's say Bama was undefeated. Georgia had one loss. Georgia beats Bama. Just, you know, they they yeah. thought Bama should still get the bye. And I was like, no, you're full I of, you know, you. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. Right. And, and I got the trophy. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you can, if you're good enough, yeah, take that five seed, host host the 12 seed, and, and, and come on. And we'll see you in the natty. But yeah, no, I, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask that because I, I felt like that was a ridiculous scenario that this person some, provided some, for me. Some people, some people just need to be quiet sometimes. They ain't real smart. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, right. especially I, that I, situation. You want to, yeah. you want a head to head. We just want a head to head battle, but you're gonna give the loser. <laughs> The, the loser gets screwed and has to play the <laughs> next one. Right. Or the winner gets you. screwed. Yeah. Nah. God, my makes no sense. Makes but no, no you sense. you posed a, you know some great um, you gave some great points there, Corey, on uh, reason for expanding it because I've I've been against it because of that bleeding into the next semester, but also just a concern of the value of the regular season. You know, I just love the fact that. Every game matters where it feels mm-hmm. like if you're someone who's not SEC or ACC in certain years, and if you don't go undefeated, you're not getting a shot. But yeah. also, like you said, it, it does hurt those teams um, who are clearly more talented and have the ability to, like a Georgia last year, who mm-hmm. probably would have done well in, a, in yeah. an extended playoff. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm just – too much of a purist when it comes to what I grew up watching. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I'm a little too old school sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then when things change, I'm like, oh man, this was a great idea. I'm glad that they went against what I thought. So, uh-huh. and I'll be honest, I kind of shook my head going, oh my God, they're going to get this wrong again. But then I, then I started reading, I was like, wait a minute, this could work. So mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. talked myself into it. And, and Israel, I know we we've talked about it before. Uh, I think you and me and Dane talked about it, but you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it can only help recruiting. I mean, I, yeah. I think that, you know, schools like Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, they don't really need that much help, but I think it helps, you know, places like Texas A&M, Northwestern, Iowa State, you know, UCLA, US, you know, USC doesn't really need help, but uh, Oregon doesn't really need a whole lot of help. But you know, some of these fringe fringe programs that could use the extra bump of saying. You know, hey, mm-hmm. we we have a shot at the college football playoff of making it in if we if we if we finish in the top twelve, you know, mm-hmm. or if we finish as one of the six highest ranked non non conference champions, we have a chance. We just got to get inside the top fifteen. You know, we have a chance, and so some of that exposure um, is great. But then you got to play well when you get there to to mm-hmm. to uphold that. Got to get advanced. Got to play yeah. well in advance. Yep, and, and you can't go there and get I your head love to see is that I would have loved to see that black swarm defense from Coastal. Yes. Just go in. I would have loved to see them, you know, just just a shot, see what they can do. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their own for the whole season. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm always fighting for the little guys, you know. Um, mm-hmm. one, of, one of my one of my best friends, he's a tight end coach, you know, at Coastal. So, you know, I'm, I, I wanna see I wanted to see them get in just because they were they were they were hot going in. And you can see it; they were out there clicking, and you never know what might happen once you get in. So yeah. you know, I'm, I'm always advocate for the little guys getting in. And, and to your point, I I believe that in, in my heart of hearts, if you expanded enough to where each team could possibly have a chance to get in, there's a chance that you'll quit guys from bailing, from sitting out because 
All right. All right. We already know these four teams going to be in it. So whatever, you know, mm-hmm. well, now they expanded it. So now that gives, all right, there's another shot that we might be able to get in. Now you got to also think too, player likeness. Now, if you quit on your team and we've seen it before, people who sit out, when you sit out, then people start talking to you, talking on Twitter, them Twitter That's things true. get to moving, them sales going to go down. So now with the expanded playoffs and all that good stuff now, people are going to start staying. These players are going to start, you know, finishing out the season, things like that, because why? Mm. Once you quit, then be, why, why, why is he sitting out? And then all of a sudden, your little jersey is going to go downhill. So I think you're going to get a lot of guys that's going to continue to keep playing because I get paid. People know who I am. Well, I'm just gonna ride this thing on out now, and I got a chance to make the play, make it to the playoffs. I think I, I think you're gonna see a lot of that go down. I think I hope I hope. Yeah. Now you know Barbaritos is gonna have a playoff incentive, right? You know they're gonna oh, yeah. and and but right. and butthut, yeah. So yeah, yeah butthut <laughs> is gonna give Israel extra whatever uh, for for making the playoffs. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I you know I think there's a lot of good to come from it. Uh, and we may finally see Notre Dame join a conference. That's an also a, that's also a benefit. Uh, Notre Dame, if you're listening, join the ACC. Just just do it, okay? Just get it over with. Join the ACC because they said also that uh, independents are not eligible for a first round bye. So, they need to go on. They need to go on and play and get Notre Dame out of anyway. So we already know. Yeah. We all know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so if Notre Dame finishes number one play. in the country, they get no buy. They're going to be out anyway. Yeah. Best they can do is five. So they better they better join. We all know. Yeah. The, Notre Dame, you're done. Right. Join a conference. So let's pivot. Right. Um, and you can follow us at Believe in Dogs on all f- social media platforms. You can see it scrolling on the bottom uh, on, on our neat new set here. Uh, you can follow Israel at Troopstar28 on all social media platforms. You can follow me at Coach Burton36 on Twitter, at Burton.Corey on Instagram. Chris, where can we find you? Yeah, um, you can find me at Chris Burnett 68 on both Twitter and Instagram. I saw that you got a blue check, man. You're you're the you're the you're the you're the best one of all of us. You would definitely get the Mercedes Benz. I would probably get uh I don't even know. Probably get uh raising canes and then Israel would, would get butt hut. So well, you know I'm I'm uh I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. I am a Chick-fil-A guy. Uh so I, I work at Chick-fil-A now uh, okay. at, at the support center. But yeah, I awesome. like I hope no one at Chick-fil-A hears this, but I love raising canes. It's so good. Yeah, it, it I was is, about to say. Is. I was about to say raising canes on the corner in Athens, baby. Man, it used to go down. It yeah, it's elite. Raising canes is elite. <laughs> second to none. But Chick Fil A, I love me some Chick Fil A, man. Uh, if we could hire Chick Fil A workers to handle a lot of our logistics, we would never yeah. have our, our country would be the most country efficient country in the history of the world. That's right. That's right. The team members are unbelievable. They do so much great work. Uh, and they're really the star of the show. Like people don't realize like the operators of the individual restaurants, like they, they do incredible work in the community. But the reason why people have like those warm and fuzzies when they think about Chick-fil-A and enjoy the food that they eat or just enjoy the ambiance and the environment is because of those team members. So they're, you know, they're the real deal. I'm right there with you. It's 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 outstanding. But let's talk about the 2021 dogs, right? Team is loaded, Chris. 
And I know you and Brandon have probably talked about it. We've gotten several transfers. I know Brandon's probably excited about the the DBs coming in. Tyke yeah. Smith, Brandon Turnage, uh, Darion Kendrick. Uh, I know you're excited about what's happening on the offensive line. What do you see just from a 30,000-foot view? What do you see this team? What What is the outlook? What are the expectations in your mind for uh, for this for this year's Georgia team? You know, I, I don't know what Kirby is doing behind the scenes when it comes to uh, recruiting, but just keep doing it, please, <laughs> because <laughs> I have never seen anything like it. Like the level of talent that consistently, you know, commits to come to Athens has been probably the most impressive part of Kirby's tenure. And, you know, like you said, Corey, this season they are loaded uh, across the board. I think the past few years, the biggest concern has been, you know, the man on the center. And I think last year we finally answered that question with JT Daniels. And I think mm-hmm. what he brings to the table sets the table. Um, you yeah. know, the years when I was at Georgia and we were, you know, really knocking on the door to the national championship with Aaron Murray as a quarterback. I I think I realized that more and more, especially with the nature of the game now and how high, mm-hmm. fast paced it is how, you know, much more of the game happens in the air and less on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more emphasis on the offense, being able to score and less on defense when the, with the rule mm-hmm. changes. And so I feel like if you have a great quarterback, you're always going to have a chance every single Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so really the key, and obviously I'm biased <laughs> when it comes to this, <laughs> is keeping that guy on the center upright. Yeah. And exactly. you can't find too many teams across the country with better talent than Georgia. Um, And also I think we have great coaching as well, but when it comes to just pure talent, um, just athletic ability, um, you know, technique, hand placement, knee bend, ankle bend, um, you know, intelligence to know what to do. There's not very many teams with the well-rounded kind of group that we have at Georgia. You know, I I love Jamar Salyer, just his, um, ability to, you know, play multiple positions. I know that's going to serve him well at the next level. That That's like one of the key points for him. And I know he's kind of eyeing that. And I know that that's important to a lot of those guys to kind of do as best they can to potentially um, get to that next level. And when you have the weapons that you have in the backfield and when, and when you just have that guy at quarterback who can make receivers get open, he will throw them open. Um, I, I feel like that's the key. And I'd be shocked if Georgia does not win the East. Um, and I would probably bet if there were odds, I would probably bet that they win the SEC. And all of us here know if you win bet the SEC. Betonline.ag. Yeah, exactly. Hit that future. I think they're plus, <laughs> plus 7,000 to win the national championship, if that tells you anything. So wow. um, going back on your points about the offensive line, you know, I, I know that's the biggest key. There's a lot. It's like the offensive line is super talented, but yeah. I think the continuity of the group. I, I think you have some new parts in there. You know, obviously Sawyer coming back is huge, and you know uh, Justin Schaefer coming back is huge. But you're going to have two new tackles, right? Mm-hmm. And you're likely going to have a new center. Well, actually, you are going to have a new center because Trey Hill's gone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when it comes to group continuity. And trying to find the right pieces, how long do, how long does that take for them to adjust to game speed and playing with each other and trusting each other and pass pro run fits things like that? How long do you how long does that typically yeah. take? In my opinion, not long. Uh, I think if you have an intelligent group, you can figure it out 
pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like prime example would be 2000, 2011 going into 2012. 2011, that offensive line we had was Cordy Glenn, um, Canarius Gates, Ben Jones, myself, Justin Anderson. We lost three of those guys, and then we moved Canarius Gates to another position. And you mm. would think, ah, oh, man, that team, that offensive line. Y'all moved him outside, didn't you? You moved him from guard yes. to tackle. Yeah, we moved him to tackle. Yeah. That's right. And you would, uh, your immediate response would be, that team is going to do worse. Uh, there's going to be issues yeah. with continuity. Um, that yeah. team's not as big or as um, uh, talented as the group before. But we had Todd Gurley and Keith Marshall, and you had those the weapons, and you had Aaron Murray mm-hmm. to kind of orchestrate. And I think as long as you have a group of guys who are, like you said, Corey, able to trust one another, yeah. and I think a mm-hmm. lot of the trust doesn't come from ability. It comes from knowing mm-hmm. what to do. If, if I know what the guy next to me knows what to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to build that kind of that chemistry way faster than like, man, I know my left tackle, he can shut down anybody if he gives in a one-on-one pass uh, pro uh, situation, but I'm not sure if he's going to know to block that guy. Um, right. Then it creates those issues. So as long as they're intelligent and they know what they're doing and they kind of harp on that. And I think a lot of that is on Jamari and the older offensive linemen to kind of, harp on it along with the coach but um i'm not too worried about it because i think they wouldn't they wouldn't be five stars if they weren't smart guys that's just mm-hmm. my opinion at least amarius mims is he does he walk in is he starting game one in charlotte against clemson i'm not sure i'm not sure there's so much talent like you i, I feel like so often there's guys who come in and have mm-hmm. the ability and the talent to play day one but again, it all literally just goes back to not only the trust you have with your, your teammates, but the trust that the coaches have in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, there were guys I played with at Georgia who were way more talented than me. I was the second smallest lineman we had um, on the team. But because I knew what to do, that was able to get me on the field. Um, so that's the only thing. Like talent-wise, he's there. He can right. start. He yeah. can probably, you know, within a year or two, be a guy who could start in the NFL as long as he knows True. what to do. True. Yeah. That's it. I love talking to offensive linemen because what you just said is the same thing I tell my offensive linemen today. I say, guys, y'all are smart. I mean, you guys got to work together, communicate. Those little things like that, especially when you play an offensive line, y'all are the first point of attack. Mm-hmm. You know, right. be tough. Little, just little things like that to where offensive line is hard. It's hard. You don't get credit. You don't do anything like that. But at the end of the day, I tell my guys, I'm going to make sure you get credit. I'm going to feed yeah. you. We can do pool parties, whatever y'all want to. You know, as long as, as, long as you – I say, I play an offensive line as a brotherhood. Y'all go to right. trenches together. Y'all go to trenches. And Chris, you know, y'all in the trenches together. Y'all hate it, Cosa, and all that stuff. <laughs> <right there. laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> So and then that brought you closer, and you and you reap the benefits from that. So, I mean, if this offensive line can do the same thing with the talent and the size that they have, with yeah. those horses we got in the backfield and the weapons we got out wide, you know, it's, it's, it it can it can be the potential to be something special. You know, they they remind me a lot of y'all's y'all's class that two, that 2012 season. Um, you know, and I hate to bring it up from the uh, SEC championship game against Alabama right there. They remind me a lot of y'all. They, they really do. We had talent everywhere. Good up front. Talent out wide. Great running back. You know what I'm saying? They remind me a lot of them. Yeah. So 
Um, it's going to be something special to see as long as they can start clicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and they're going to get that test you. early. Yeah. I'm right there with you. They definitely have an upgrade in talent at right guard, though. That's all I know. If we compare mm-hmm. the two <laughs> from 2012 yeah. and, and 2021, I, I definitely say that right guard spot's probably better off than it was then. <laughs> no, big dog, you good, baby. No, you good. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we need 68 back. We need to get you back for at least one more year so we can so we can so we can rock solid that right ta- that right guard spot. Man, I uh, got about go- one good play left in me, man. <laughs> I got one, one good play. That's one more than me, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun year to be honest with you, you know, just, just looking at this team from afar, you know, we're Israel and I are going to get into more of position by position breakdowns. We just did the offensive line really. Um, mm-hmm. but we're going to get into schedule breakdowns, things like that. So we're going to, you know, we're really going to try to look at our opponents and, and, uh, you know, have some, 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 I guess, scouting the opponent, uh, segments where we bring in guys from other I guess other belief hosts from different schools. Like we have a Kentucky guy that we're that we're good with, Vinny Hardy, uh, Kyler Curbison mm-hmm. from Tennessee, uh, things like that. We have a believe in Vandy host, uh, Matt Perkins and Ryan Seymour. Ryan Seymour is a guard that played at Vandy. I think same time you did, same time you mm-hmm. were there. Uh, he played in the NFL for for a little while. Uh, him and Israel were trading hunting stories until Israel's uh, phone went out because he was hog hunting down in oh, Adale. Yeah. So uh, I was <laughs> in the woods, <laughs> literally. Literally in the woods. So, Definitely. but uh, Chris, let, let's let's get to some story time. I know you guys uh, you guys overlapped a little bit. Let's get into some story time, right? Um, what was that welcome to the SEC moment for you? Oh wow, man! Uh, I would say the welcome to the SEC moment for me was that that 2011 season. So 2009 was my freshman year. I redshirted. Mm-hmm. 2010, I was a guy who had an opportunity to uh, to, to play as a redshirt freshman. But mm-hmm. before the season started, I, I dislocated my patella and missed that whole season. Oh. Um, so 2011, my redshirt sophomore year was the first year I actually played. Um, my first game was the Chick-fil-A kickoff game against Boise State. Shout out Chick-fil-A. Um, and we <laughs> to the second game and we're playing South Carolina, um, at home, the Clowney's a true freshman. Um, oh he's a guy, everyone is kind of, you know, clamoring about like, man, this dude is a real deal. He's a real deal. And I remember going into that game after playing terrible against Boise state and, uh, <laughs> kind of making a, a concerted effort to say, I do not want to get punked today um so i was like i don't care if i don't know exactly what to do if i play hard and i don't get pumped that's a success mm-hmm. and i cannot remember this guy's name for the life of me um but he was playing he was a tackle he was strictly the the three technique so anytime you know we were doing a, a run play in his direction or we were doing um a pass pro and and the sort was going to the opposite side it was me me and him mono mono he was a senior i was a sophomore and I remember uh, it was, you know, a, a pretty significant play getting, you know, towards the end of the game. And we had to do a power. We had to run power. And I had Justin Anderson playing next to me. And anybody who knows Justin, he's one of the best, you know, we call him Bean, one of the best <laughs> run blockers I've ever seen, period. Like, it, it's not even a question. College, pro, whatever. One of the best run blockers I've ever seen. And on that play, 
for whatever reason, we checked out of it. It went from a power to a run play, uh, I mean, to a zone play. And I had this guy, Mono Imano. And in my mind, I'm just reiterating don't get pumped, don't get pumped. <laughs> and uh, thank God I got as low as I could in my stands. I came off, you know, got, got a good get off and got some good traction on them and was able to put them down. And I'll never forget that moment because I think up until that point, I just was not sure if I was good enough to play SEC football. Um, and that was a moment where like, okay, this isn't the best player. This isn't Jadavion Clowney. This isn't, you know, um, anyone who you were right home about. But this is a guy who's older than you. This is a guy who's seasoned. This is a guy who starts for another SEC school. And you right. were able to do what you know you can do against him. And that was that was really like a moment for me. Um, it's not a play that anyone would even care about because we probably only got like three yards on the play. But for me, like that was significant um, because it, it kind of reiterated, you know, what you're not in over your head. You're not too small to play at this level. Um, you know, you can do your thing as long as you, you know, stay focused. Follow up question. What was film session like on that? Whenever y'all watch film, you know, what? That play. Uh, you know what, that year, this was after Cyril's left and Coach Friend was the new offensive line coach. And he would kind of make it a point that if we lost the game, we didn't watch the film. We just kind of moved on. He gave us the grade. He said, this is what you did. Uh, this is where you did wrong. Like we would kind of go back through and redo the plays, but we didn't go back and watch it. Um, but I do remember being grateful because after the Boise game, he kind of pulled me aside and was like, you know, I believe in you, right? But you played terrible. Uh, like, I think I had like six missed assignments. Oh, and I'm not the type of guy who would make those types of dumb mental mistakes. But I think I was just, my hair was on fire. I had never played in a game in college before. And I'm playing against, I'm playing on national TV in the first game. Like, I was freaking out. Yeah, I was at that game. I remember leaving going, what in the hell did I just watch? So, <laughs> hey, the uniforms, be honest with me, okay? And, and both of you yeah. can can attest to this. When you walk in the locker room and you see those Power Ranger uniforms, Israel, mm-hmm. I'll start with you. What was your thoughts? Now, be on, like, now don't, don't be like, oh, yeah, they were cool. No, no, be honest. Like, if you hated them, like, what did uh, you think? I, I honestly loved everything except the helmet design. I loved, I loved, I loved the way they looked. Um, I mean, the shoes, everything that came with it was great. I loved everything except for the helmet. Um, I mean, we knew that something was going on. We thought we were going to wear black jerseys, honestly. That's what we thought. But then we got in yep. there, you know, and we look and we see these cranberry colored jerseys. We're like, what, what's going on? But then we see, you know, Boise comes out and they're in the white. We're like, oh, okay, we, all right, we're good now. But after that, you know, it was it we knew it was ball game, but we all know how that game went. I don't want to talk about, it. but uh, but you know, it was it was a great experience. Like, not, like I said, I love everything about the jersey. I have, matter of fact, I have the jersey um, hung up, you know, uh, now. So I, I loved it, but the helmet design was just a little bit off for me. Yeah. Um, and we all know what happened during that game. So you know, and then like Chris alluded to, you know, we lost the first two. You know, as my senior, we lost the first two. After that, we ride off 10 straight. That's right. Know, and, that, and that just shows, you know, how close we were as a group. You know, we had a great young class that came in. Um, it was only a few of us left from uh, the 2007 uh, class that came in. 
um, that year um, that stayed. So that's just how close we were. We could have easily faltered, you know, after going, what, what, where we go, six and seven the first year. I mean, that's the right. year before. Um, and starting out 0 and 2, and the way we started out 0 and 2, you know, we could have easily just gave up, but we did. We rounded off 10 straight, beat Florida, and then next thing you know, we're in the NCAA championship game. So, you know, that's just a test. yeah, that's just a test yeah. of, you know, how close. I mean, we were so, we were, we were like this, you know, we, we were yeah. so close, and, um, you know, and we all, we're all still close. You know, we all crack up and tell jokes to each other on, on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, too. You know, we all got married and got babies and stuff now, so we're all fathers. So I mean, you know that, and that's what football's about. You know, mm-hmm. and and uh, I'll, I'll go back in a heartbeat right now just to play with my boys one more time. Just, just because we had that's how much fun we had. You know, we didn't have Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat back then. Yeah, you know, it was just it was just us cracking jokes in, in the locker room. You know, right? Yeah, I I can see Brian Evans right now, Brian, and all the boys. Rashad, Rashad, all, all them boys just cracking jokes. B Wood, all of we, and that's, yeah. that's what we were. We all had fun, you know. What, so, what made it I, so close, though? Like, what what was the thing that, like, because I know there's there's always that one thing, or is it just just all of a sudden it just it just worked? It's just one of those things that just worked. What like what was it? It was anything you can point to that just said, "Hey, this is what brought us together." It was it was just welcoming, you know. It, it was. It was one of those situations where the older guys, you know, when I got there, Thomas Brown was there, you know, Brandon Miller, all them guys were there, Keelan Johnson. So that's when I first got there. And they were they were welcoming. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it's just fresh, fresh, as I say, fresh meat. No. You know, coach coach did a good job of splitting the rows up. So me and Keelan was on the road. You know, yeah. and uh, everybody everybody got to know each other. It wasn't just receivers on one side, DBs, all that stuff. Everybody had to intermingle with, with one another, you know. Mm-hmm. So same thing when Chris and them got there, you know. We, we was all welcome, man, what's up? You know, what's going on? You know, what you need? How can I help you? Stuff like that. So, you know, now, you know, and, not, and I'm not saying that that is bad by any means, but now with self, with the invention of this iPhone, cell phone, things like that, you know, talking to each other is out the window. You know, I'll Snapchat mm-hmm. you now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll Snapchat you, you from next to you. <laughs> you know? so I'm 28, you're 29. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. We we had to we had to talk to one another. You know, yeah. that, and that and that's what we did. You get when you talk to each other, you get to know each other. And once we got to know each other, it was like, all right, that's my boy. We going to work, we going to war. You know, yeah. we're all still buzz. We're all still dogs at the end of the day. So, you know, that that bond never leaves. That's real. And, and Israel, I, I speak to both. Like, uh, Corey, you don't understand, man. When when they came out, when Brandon and Aaron came in that room with those Power Ranger jerseys on, that room exploded. <laughs> because we were we were so happy. We were finally going to wear something different. Like, we yeah, had been yeah. complaining about it. We were watching people on TV with all these, you know, they had – camouflage jerseys and all this other stuff. And a lot of us were recruited during the time frame when the black jerseys were like Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, dog, can we do something different, please? And so when that happened, we were so excited. But And I'm with you, Troop. Like, I loved it in the moment. But Mm -hmm. the thing that I look back on is I felt like the the cuts of the clothing and the shoes and stuff was just off. It was Mm -hmm. something off. Like my cleats felt too big. My pants were like a little too, like too big. My jersey was so hot. Like it was the hottest uniform I had ever played yeah. in. 
That's so I feel like we done played in. You ain't yeah. lying about that. And we it was something about it. So bad. Yeah, it was something about it that was a little off. And when it mm-hmm. comes to just the closeness, I think you hit the nail on the head too, man. It was that welcome, welcoming attitude. But also mm-hmm. I think it was because the best players didn't take themselves too seriously. They right. set the tone for what welcoming environment looked like. Like when mm-hmm. I came into the locker room, I remember seeing guys like Jeff Owens, um, you know, uh, dudes who I had been watching uh, play football and mm-hmm. uh, AJ Green, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, man, that's that's him. He's here. Or you see some of the guys who were on their way out, like Muhammad Massacre and Keelan and all them boys. And you're like, man, mm-hmm. like I, I know these dudes from afar. Um, and then to be able to meet them and they were not like, they weren't divas. And right. it just set a tone of, okay, everyone here is approachable. Most of these guys are actually going to go out of their way to try to help you be successful. Um, exactly. and, and also you were able to go into that grind together. I think a lot of the closeness comes from camp and from mat drills. When you have those times where you feel like you're going to die and you got to lean on your brother to make it through, it just builds a bond and a connection that just can't be broken. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that, that can't be understated. And, and just having uh, that builds trust. Like, you know that you, know, you look to your right, you look to your left, and you know those those guys are going to are gonna lay it on the line for you, and, and you feel like you got to do the do the same. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, Israel, you take all of those lessons and all those examples that you saw uh, to your team. And, and Chris, I know mm-hmm. you, you probably do that at Chick-fil-A with your, with your team members and your, your coworkers, and you try to create that environment. And I think it's important. I think environment's important. We tell our kids all the time, encourage, 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 like you can't create a, a state of fear of, of failure. Cause like, uh, you know, our mm-hmm. kids, you know, our, our kids aren't the best athletically. Okay. And our kids are young and inexperienced. And, and we live in a culture now where it's, you know, you get beat on a route and everybody's, laughing at you and posting you on social media. And we try to, you know, we, we try to stand up for the guy that just got beat because he had the stones to, to get in there and, and, and get beat, you know, that's like, right. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going up against somebody better than me. I'm probably going to get beat mm-hmm. and that's okay. I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to beat him the next time that that's builds right. competitive edge that builds trust. Like, Hey, I know my, I don't, I know that guy's a dog, right? He's going to get in there and he's going, he's going to fight. He may not win all the time, but he's going to get in there and he's going to scrap it up. He's going to he's going to mix it up. And I and I think that I think that builds encouragement. I think those guys I think guys see that. And, you know, to me, they respect that, you know, and and, and our guys are starting to kind of see that we, we've you know, we've kind of gone from like and, and high schoolers can be kind of immature, too, in that regard where it's like they get frustrated and, and it's always like, you know, off the line block. Come on, yeah. guard block or, you know, catch the ball or, you know, make a good throw. And, you know, it's like, come on. All right. You know, encourage them and say, hey, let, let's let's get it next time and, and figure out a way to help them instead of mm-hmm. instead of bashing them. And, and I think that's what, you know, what I noticed. And, and Chris, I was I was actually a recruiting assistant. I worked for Coach Garner uh, and, and oh, I, awesome. I let I left right as Israel was coming in. So I, I left uh, I left in 07 and came to Nashville. Uh, I left after that 07 season, came to Nashville in February of 08. So um, I was there with Coach G uh, back before Buttsmere was even renovated. I mean, I was in the old Buttsmere where it was like. Yeah, the original. Know, yeah. 
and, the and they had just the original and they had just like when i was there they had just renovated the the main lobby whereas like the, into the trophy room that probably israel saw on his recruiting trip and then mm-hmm. chris you probably saw it transform into what it became for the earth for the later part of uh, rick's tenure and then now it's a whole nother another deal so um Chris, what what about you know transitioning from Coach Searles to to Coach Friend practice wise, just overall coaching philosophy wise? Was that a was that a big transition? Was that a you know what 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 about those two guys that that you liked and uh, you know what about their styles that that contrasted that you liked disliked all that stuff? You know what what was the yeah. basically the main differences in the two? Yeah, they were night and day, honestly. Um, and, you know, I, I will be lying if I said I didn't like one more than the other. Uh, <laughs> and you, y'all can probably kind of deduce who yeah. that is once I'm done with kind of giving my spiel here. But, <clears throat> you know, you have Cyril's a friend in me. No pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, Coach Sears, he recruited me and um, he had a style of coaching that I was familiar with. You know, I grew up in a military home. Uh, my coaches in high school um, employed a very similar tactic of mm-hmm. putting you into a mental pressure cooker to see if you will rise to the top. Like it was less about, you know, let me teach you this. Let me instruct you. It was like, here's the, here's the answers to the test. And now go, go get the right answer, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to put you in, the toughest situations. And I, and I do think that that really helped build mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think coach Cyril's is, is a coach who you could either love or you hate. He would either destroy you and tear you down, or he would be one who could build you into a better version of yourself. Um, I yeah. will say that's the positive part, but I will say he was not a teacher. He did not help you to better understand the, the, bigger picture of why I needed to know what I needed to know. Right. Um, it was more like, just know the answer. Like you don't need to know all these extra, you know, philosophy and, and show your work and all this other kind of stuff. He was a math teacher. He was not a show your work teacher. Mm-hmm. He was a give me the right answer teacher. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, friend came in with the complete opposite philosophy. His mindset was, I want you to know why I'm telling you what to do to where when things change and the environment's different and they come out with something completely different than what you anticipated, you can deduce and come up with a best guess if you don't know exactly what to do. Right. And I think that served our team better, honestly. Um, I don't know if friend was the best recruiter. Um, he, he'll probably tell you he's not the most charismatic guy. But, man, when I tell you, like, he was – someone who you loved playing for. I loved playing for that man because he was country like me. Uh, and like the most <laughs> of us, you know, we were all country. Um, but he did not take himself too seriously, but he also tried to hold us to a standard of excellence. And, you know, he, he expected the older guys to lead by example. And he would try to push the lower, the guys who were younger and the uh, lower classmen up to the same level as those guys who were ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So um, if I were to go off of uh, coaching philosophy, if, if I were to ever become a coach, no chance I will. But if <laughs> in a different life I did become a coach, I would have employed a lot more of Coach Friend's uh, philosophy because mm-hmm. I felt like that helped empower us as players. 
I felt more like, you know what, we're playing for each other as an offensive line group in an offensive line room um, than we're playing for this coach uh, when right. we were playing for friend yeah. because we all felt like we were in it together and we felt like we could problem solve together. Um, and it just was a different environment that I felt was best, better suited for the group we had and just for me personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great points right there. Great. Uh, from uh, and, and Searles came in, I think, 07. He was there right. right before I left. Mm-hmm. I, I went on a few recruiting trips. He's a little bit more charismatic than I think Friend is in the, on the yeah. recruiting side of it. He's pretty good on, on, on that mm-hmm. side of it. And I, I've seen some of his some of his practice stuff. And and uh, yeah, he's a you got to have thick skin around him. You know, I can I can I can assure you that hundred percent. And I came in. Bad, with, don't hear me saying in me it is yeah. he's a bad guy. Because no, I don't no, think he's definitely not. He he's I, I definitely not. And I know you. Yeah. I, and I know you don't think he is. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I love Coach Searles as well. I think he's I think he's great. But you know, like like anything else, you know, styles don't always match up and that's okay. That's right. You know, that they don't always they're not always most effective for 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 everyone and and that that's perfectly fine. You know, if it didn't work for you, that's that's fine. You know, I, yeah. I don't think he was a bad person. I don't think you think he's a bad person. So, 100%. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, and I will I'm say this. There. And I will say this. I I do think he instilled uh, a level of confidence in me though. Mm-hmm. Um because mm-hmm. even with his kind of pressure cooker mentality, I think he showed very early on that he believed in me. Like he right. would put me, he would throw me into those situations that he didn't, my peers who were, right. you know, freshmen or redshirt freshmen, he would say, Hey, I want you here. I want you doing this. I want you with the ones yeah. um, and giving me those opportunities. And and I yeah. really appreciated that because he, you know, showed a level of confidence in me. And honestly, like even given all the stuff that I just shared, I remember when he decided to leave, I was scared to death uh, because I was like, man, at least, Cause I was coming off of a, a knee injury. I, I didn't, yeah. I couldn't play football the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my calf muscle was a third of the size it was before. I just didn't know if I'd come back. And I was like, man, at least Cyril's, I knew he knew what I could do. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this new guy's going to care about what I could do before. Like he yeah. might just see who I am now and say, ah, oh, you're trash. But thank God, <laughs> Coach Friend, Coach Friend, thank God had seen my film. Cause I guess him being at UAB, he yeah. saw me being, you know, at Troop County in, in West mm-hmm. Georgia and was like, I remember you and I remember you being good. I just thought you were taller. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember he told me that when I when I when he first got there. And I was like, okay, I'm, I might be all right. I might be I- all right. I thought you were taller. I've heard that all my life, but, um, and I thought I was going to be taller. I thought I was going to be Shaq. I really did. You know, in seventh Same grade, I was, I was towering over everybody. I thought I was going to be Shaq. I'm not, I stopped. Everybody else kept going. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, I could, I, I had the ability to grow a beard, uh, faster than anyone in my school. I don't want to talk about it. So, <laughs> Israel, I will gladly, I will gladly trade uh beard growing speed with you. Oh, I would man. gladly I, do that. I would you love can to have see it. One, one, one coach Searles thing that I love to say is when he get mad and he hit, he grabbed the hat. He throw that hat. Yeah. the field. Man, I saw, I saw him hit Bean one day. Bean is just that. It's like Chris. I saw him hit Bean from about 15 yards away. I yeah. said, Coach, that is impressive. He said, I know. <laughs> and he just busted out laughing. Man. Man. 
What did he Dean was deadly do? accurate. He was deadly I, accurate with that hat. I don't, I don't know what he did, but I'm talking about he threw it through about 15 people and he hit him dead, dead, dead face. Boom. I said, Cole, I said, Cole, that good throw. He told me, I know I won't never miss it. He didn't. I, I, he didn't miss that one time. That's true. It's a true story. I'm not even oh lying God. to you. He's, truth is right. You're exactly That's right. That's awesome. Now, now, Israel, do you do you do that on the field? Do you do you are you a hat thrower? Or visor thrower? No, I'm a ball. I'm a ball thrower. Ah, I, I throw balls. Yeah. See, because I, I, I always have one in my hand, or if it's near me, you know, I, I'm I'm slinging. And I always give a warning. Shot. I miss on purpose the first time. Mm-hmm. I said that was a warning shot. And after that, I'm be I'm beaming people in the head left and right. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been a uh, I've been a butt kicker before. Uh, Oh you know, man! I, I walk up and kick you, in, <laughs> kick you in the butt. Um, I have, uh, I, I've done, I've definitely done some spurrier things where I, you know, hat goes up in the air, play sheet goes off to the mm-hmm. side, you know. I, I, I do do that from time when we're at practice. Yeah. One day we were going against our defense. I just threw my whole script away. I said, "All right, get this. I'm calling from hip." You yep. know, because they they had us pegged because obviously we're going to give our script to the defense coach so they kind of match up and we go. You know, but then they started audibling and changing stuff. I was like, you know what? Nah, I ain't going to do, I ain't doing this no more. Yeah. You know, and things like that. So, I mean, it's great. Um, I, I'm I'm a pusher. So, you like get, today, we had our OTA against Tiff County, uh, yeah. which, by the way, shout out to uh, Tyree West. I got to talk to him today. Um, oh, yeah. 2022 but, uh, commit. Our, our offensive line, they just weren't moving fast enough for me today, Chris. We had, had yeah. a big play, 25 yard play. You know, we're a tempo team. Said it's supposed to get on the ball and roll, and they were walking. I'm, I done ran out on the field, and I started pushing everybody. Go get on the ball. Yeah. I'm and it's just one of those things where I get, I get excited. They did their job. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. And they just stand there and look like they're confused. I'm like, no, you just did a good job. Go find the ball. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ain't no walking between the lines. No walking <laughs> between the lines. Exactly. Like, go. Like, let's go to work. You know, but, uh, man, we're getting better. We're, we're finally starting to trust each other now. You yeah. know, um, we're finally getting to that stage to where if somebody gets mad, you know, things like that. It's, it's basically like when Bean used to get mad and everybody straightened up. That's what that's yeah. basically what we're yeah. getting to. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have that that's one guy. That's right. That one guy. That's right. I can't tell you how many times Bean would get mad at me in the in the midst of the game. Like Ben Jones would tell me, "Hey, tell Bean to do this," and I would tell Bean <laughs> to do this, and he would yell at me. He'd be like, "Burn! I know what to do. Don't be telling me what to do." And I'm like, "Man, all right, you got it." And two plays later, he was like, I'm, sorry, man, I'm sorry. You know I love you. <laughs> so that, what, was it was it Ben setting you up too? A lot of times he puts you up to so like. I think he yeah. might have been, man. He, he, he back, seems he like that kind of guy. But no, I, honestly, Ben Ben Jones. He's a prankster. Seems like a prankster. David man. Andrews are the two smartest football players I've ever been around, other than Aaron Murray. And. I felt like he was just trying to orchestrate everything. So it was like in his nature. He's like, I know what everybody doing. So I'm going to make sure that you know what, I, that I know that you know what you need to do. So. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, we need to get Ben on. We need to get David. We need to get boss on. Uh, yes. That's, and uh, we need to we need to we need to have the the rolodex of of guys. And now that we got you on, maybe we can maybe we can get that whole offensive line group and no and doubt. share some stories. And, and we need to get Brandon on at some point. Yeah, you know I, I'm I'm friends with his older brother, so I should. I yeah, I just don't think he. Uh, 
don't think he realizes that I've been reaching out to him, but you know, he probably gets inundated with, with all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. um, Brandon, you, know, you have an open he's invitation. Famous, so, you know, well, he, it's oh, he's definitely famous. famous. He's famous. He's famous. Yeah. He's NFL <laughs> yeah, famous. Troop right? knows. Troop knows. Hey, so. They got, they own, they got their own golf line now, apparel. Got, That's got right. The other day. I mean, they're, oh, they're doing, they're doing some great things. So, you know, you got, you got to catch them on the fly. And, and congratulations, you know, they just had a baby and everything. So, okay. Um, cool. Trust yeah. me, we, yeah, we, we, we know dad lives. So, you know, oh, yeah. You, whew, it's one of them things. Chris, if you haven't, if you haven't watched the dad pod, it's, 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 it's our first YouTube show. Um, okay. Go, wa- go watch the dad pod. We share some dad stories. Uh, that yeah. was a couple of weeks ago, actually. I, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds interesting. I love Talk- it. Talk about your podcast upon further review. Yeah. Yeah. You know, under further review is, is really Brandon's brainchild. Um, and he just decided to bring me along for the ride. Uh, it's really just sports culture and all things in between. Uh, if anyone who's watching this has watched an episode before you would know that it's not, we don't take it as seriously. We're not as official as this. We don't have the PTI set up. We're we're literally sitting in Brandon's uh, man cave uh, with some decent cameras and lighting. And my wife is the director and we're talking about everything. Uh, We're talking about our faith, talking about, you know, what happened in in the NFL, what happens in college football and what happens in the NBA. Like we're, we're talking about everything. And, um, along the way, we just try to bring the uh, audience along for the ride, um, include their questions, their thoughts, and, and just have fun with it. And it's one of the it's one of the funnest things that I've had the pleasure and joy of being able to do. Um, you know, season one ended back in April. Uh, we're we're on a break now. Not exactly sure when season two will come back, but you know, in the meantime, just so y'all are aware, you know, find can see like when updates come and when we'll be back. You know, you can find us on Twitter at UFR Pod. You can find us on um, Instagram at Under Further Review Podcast. And then also we're on all the, you know, the traditional podcast apps and also on YouTube. That's kind of where we're pushing the majority of our, our uh, you know, content is on YouTube because we, we, I think, try to act like we have our own TV show. Um, so, you know, you can check us out <laughs> there for sure. But, you know, Under Further Review, we love what we do and, you know, yeah. hopefully, people enjoy it along the way as well. Well, there you have it under further review. If you haven't caught them, catch them. You still have a chance to get in on, get in on the fun, uh, catch them, catch us. And then, uh, you know, that can be a part of your podcast rotation. I know, I know you guys out there listening, you have a podcast rotation when you, when you sit down to work, you know, listen to us, uh, listen to them and, uh, everything will be great. And uh, we'll mm-hmm. have to we'll have to right. do a uh, we'll have to do a a, a double double here uh, pretty soon where you and Brandon are on with with the two of us and we may have oh, to go no. home and home too as well come come on your <laughs> yes, channel and, I like that and, uh, I like that. you guys yeah. join the PTI set so um, but uh, Chris I want to thank you for coming on we're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up but uh, you know I enjoyed having you enjoyed hearing all the stories the breakdowns things like that. Um, you know, we need, we need to do this more often. Uh, you know, it's always good to have a good offensive lineman on the, on the show. You guys are the, you guys are the best people in the world. So, um, I, I tell are. my guys that really I coach are. offensive line. Um, and, uh, those guys are, those guys are, are, are a different breed and I love it. And, uh, so we, like I said, we appreciate having you on. Yeah. Hey, you said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's my pleasure. <laughs> 
And and I'm grateful to be on here with you, Corey and, and Troop, man. It's always good to, to see your face, hear your voice. Uh, you know, it's been too long. So just I grateful know, to, to be able to join y'all for sure. I know yeah, we're, sure. we're old men now, man. We're, we're old. You know, yeah, man. Old, for old, real. old enough. <laughs> great. Good, uh, great beards. Oh, yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Slowly. You're, you're, you're the, you're, you're the gray hair. patchy beard. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, no, no grays for me yet, but my hairline is definitely it's, it's going back a little bit. So I'm just trying to hold on to it. Long I, I got, I got a little coming uh, in on the sides here. <laughs> I got, I got a little, I got a little salt in the pepper there. Yeah. Oh uh, man. There's a, there's a few grains but, of salt yeah. in there. So, and if I you listen to the dad pod, uh, you'll, you'll know why. I want to tell uh, Josh Bros. Josh, just by the way, I ain't forgot. I just want to let you know that me and Chris. We got we we got our own setup, man. And I hadn't seen TK on nothing yet, and I'm still upset about the whole Top Golf picture. Yeah, um, I don't think I forgot about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I I'm never, I'm I'm never gonna live. I'm never gonna live that down. I'm never. They look all happy and everything. They're smiling. <laughs> I know, man. They live their best life, man. And I'm looking up like. I was like, now you just told us that we were your favorite, but you smiling with DK now. I, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I guess we just missed the invite. Uh, yeah, man, we, we love we love Josh. He sent the invite you know, to your old house. I was checking mail every day. You know, I was looking outside. You know, he, he must have because I didn't get one. <laughs> he, he sent it to Valasta. No, he sent it to, to Valwood and they ripped it up. That's what happened. Well, they probably, I wouldn't doubt that whatsoever. Yeah. Send it to Valwood. So, all right, fellas. Well, uh, again, it was a great show. We are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. Catch us here each and every week uh, for Israel Troop and Chris Burnett. I'm Corey Burton. We thank you for listening. Be sure to like. Be sure to subscribe. You can see the scroll right down below. If you can see my finger, you probably can't. That's okay. Uh, but uh, believe in dogs on social media. Troopstar28, Chris Burnett68. Uh, follow him and his blue check mark. Uh, upon further review podcast, uh, follow all of that. And uh, catch us here next week. And as always, Chris, let's get a go dog from you. All right. As always, go dogs. Go dogs. I love it. I love it. Thank y'all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Peace. And we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 
96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.